they? Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Haskins spreading out, sets up deep. Over the middle. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Fields has time. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the QB Draw Podcast. I am your host, John, uh, joined as always by my co-host, Ezra. We have an exciting episode this week. We've got uh, one of our one of the crossover episodes that we've been dying to get kind of scheduled that we finally got scheduled. Um, as, as part of the, uh, <laughs> the Flipping the Field subsidiary network, uh, we've brought on uh, a co-host today by the name of Zach, who runs the Semplify podcast, which if any of you guys have any interest in college football in general or uh, are interested in learning more about the Pittsburgh Panthers, he's going to be your, your, your uh, source of the best information. So we'll, we'll definitely leave a plug there um, in the description of this episode, but we'll allow Zach to introduce himself. Zach, how are you? Hey, uh, I'm doing great today. It's Friday. Awesome. It's the weekend. Uh, once again, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, it's been cool meeting you guys. When I first started the podcast, you know, we, uh, we had that question. You had that question episode that I submitted in. You guys did a really good job with that. Um, and yeah, uh, like uh, John said, you can find all my stuff at Simplify Pod. Uh, my my Twitter is linked in the uh, bio of that. We've got some cool episodes coming up. Some cool uh, general college football stuff planned. So, come look out for that. Yeah. So uh, the, yeah, we'll we'll let Ez kind of introduce himself again, you know. Uh, but I think the topic on everybody's brain here uh, is the events that have happened over the last twenty four hours in the world of Pittsburgh football. So we want to give you the open floor here to kind of get it all out. All right. Um, I guess I'll walk. I'll walk you through like the last seventy two hours because this is where really the story starts to pick up. You know, about two and a half weeks ago, he enters the transfer portal, and then it kind of goes quiet. He goes through the whole visiting other campuses. He goes to USC, Texas, and Bama in that order. But on either Tuesday or Wednesday, it comes out these between USC and Texas. Obviously, uh, yesterday on Thursday, um, he chooses USC officially. Um, I'm not going to lie. It hurts. It sucks. Um, but the one thing I'm not going to be about this is mad. Um, obviously, you know, it, I mean, you know, put an Ohio State thing, spin on this. It's like if Jackson Smith and Jigba was able to transfer to, I don't know, he went to Michigan or something. That would hurt. That would suck. But in the end, you know, Jordan Addison helped us go to a Rose Bowl and he was an awesome tr- contributor for the team. So I really have nothing against him, but that's, that's my, that's my overall take on this. So I think one of the things that I kind of took away from this is I, you know, and, and I'll open up for a discussion after this, but I don't know. Jordan Addison to me is, is one of those guys that is a testament to how archaic the NFL is in regards to their player entry rules. Like I think, a guy like Jordan Addison, like the fact that he was so good, like the fact that he has, he doesn't have to play this year really even mm. at all. He is like, he should be a first round pick. 
And like, in fact, the fact that he is putting his body at risk for another year to get, we'll call it, um, marginal pay, even if the NIL is crazy, right? He's making, even if it's a million, it's not what he'd be making in the NFL, right? Like, I think Jordan Addison and really, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be in the same category of like, these are guys that should not be playing college football any longer. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it's really sad that they have to, you know, because again, like Jordan Addison plays another year at Pitt, you know, where the, uh, you know, you lose an offensive coordinator. Um, you've got a different quarterback coming in. There's a lot of different uh, elements at play. All of a sudden, he's not as dominant. Maybe he costs himself uh, a, a few rungs on that that pick. But man, everybody's seen what they need to see out of Jordan Addison at this point. Like he, like why, why, why make him risk another year? Why make him go pay California taxes on his NIL money? <laughs> uh, go live in that hellhole of of a state, California. Um, to you know, go play for the the um, the the old school preacher Lincoln Riley. Um, I, you know, just a lot of horrible things that are going to happen to him, and uh, we we don't wish that upon anybody. So no. yeah, we'll open I mean, up. As what are your thoughts, man? Um, yeah. So I you know I was talking with Zach on Twitter a little bit about this. I was hoping he didn't go to Bama. And just because I don't want to, he's really, really good. And I don't think Bama has a very good receiving room. I think that's probably the weakness of their team right now. Um, I, I, I'm interested by the guy but from Louisville, the Harold guy. He seems good. Um, he's fast, at least. Um, may, like, sort of like a J-Bo light. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be as good as uh, Jameson Williams, but same idea. Um and then, you know, Jermaine Burden is like sort of John Mechie too to me. Like, he's fine. Like, I don't really, I could be wrong. I, I don't see a lot of like upside there. Um, and then it's a lot of question marks past those two guys. They have not shown the ability to develop um, wide receivers like, you know, Ohio State or even, I guess, Oklahoma uh, when, when Lincoln Riley was there. Um, so uh, at least since, since the since the Jalen Waddle class left, like obviously they they were incredibly good at developing since those guys until those guys left. But since then, it, it you know Hall the kid Hall who was like the big get like that everyone was talking about like last spring game like he's gone he's at Texas he shits on Bama any chance he gets on Twitter. Um, it, it it just seems like there's some question marks there. You know Slade Bolden isn't exactly a home run. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I, I feel bad for Pitt. It like USC. USC seems sort of like uh, just. I think they'll be good. You know, they'll they'll score a lot of points. Uh, I don't think they really have the offensive line or defense. Like that roster, if you remember, it's still really bare. Like you can paper over it with some big uh, transfers, and that will help. Um, but it's still the 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 core of the roster is still not there just because you know years of uh clay helden recruiting classes um and texas i usc and texas are like sort of mirror images of each other right That's now what i was like, just gonna, yeah. gonna kind of say it's like you know they're like the same guys like completely the talk, of, the talk online was just so brutal like and i don't know 
like there was some guy who like locked in Texas because he said yeah. quote unquote sources, and I, you know, Zach and I found each other in the comment section of that one. Um, but like, I mean, it, it I, in some ways, I don't know. It's it's you know, if you put Jordan Addison on an Alabama team, I have a reasonable like. I have reason to believe that that team could probably at least contend or compete for a national championship. I don't think if he ends up at Texas or USC, I don't think there are that that's what takes them to the national championship level. I I think the whole, the, the Alabama thing, it, their entire future hinges on one guy and it's Richard young. If that, if he goes to Alabama, like they're going to be set forever just because that's just, you know, he's a, he's a power running back. That's how they they've done. And that's probably why they were not, um, they were not national championship winners last year is just because uh, their running backs were fine, but you know, it wasn't like what we were used to seeing. And then if you pivot into this wide receiver game, you got a lot of stuff open there, but man, oh man, that Texas stuff, just the, the, the level of certainty that, you know, uh, that the co-founder of whatever the hell organization he had a blue check mark too which was the most disappointing part was that like this is somebody who clearly just made this shit up or you know uh had his buddy tell him he thought that uh jordan addison was going to texas i don't know you know far be it for me to continue to piss on the texas grave but uh i i i am over i'm over that school i am over that team um and you know for the time being, I'm okay with with people going to USC over Texas because I just, oh, God, they just a dis- despicable group of people there. Well, uh, step aside. Let me go piss on that grave some more. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, might- yeah, we're all we're pretty anti Texas here. Pretty anti Quinn Ewers. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. That yeah. too. Um, you mentioned at least earlier. I am. I don't know. I don't know if John is. I. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. I live right downtown. I live about spitting distance from that stadium. And so. look, I don't begrudge. Oh. I don't begrudge a guy at all from you know, from getting a bag. It's just like just decommit from us that like we, we you didn't Why need to come to fill yeah. everyone's like oh he came to get there and i it was like a kem- kombucha come he didn't need to come to columbus <laughs> to get the bag like it was nah. come on like yeah um whatever we're getting yeah um zach I, dive in let's get let's get the grave pissing going let's go Line all right so let's let's go back to that tweet i'm not gonna look up who it is because i don't care the guy stinks loser no dog in him all the above but his his source was essentially that there's a recruiting picture of Jordan Addison just like wearing a cowboy hat. You know, obviously you mentioned he loses his quarterback and offense coordinator. Why does he coach Brendan Marion goes to Texas? Definitely the first guy to wear a cowboy's hat for no reason. Yeah, um, absolutely. No <laughs> the reason. Only guy who's ever taken a recruiting photo in the history of of college sports. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, a lot of people are like. And this is more like crazy pit fan online, which is just like not a I would say it's kind of a 25, 75 split of, of the 25 like percent crazy guys who are thinking that the that the Texas and Alabama visits were actually running cover for USC. And they're still salty about the whole reporting about the three million dollar NIL deal, which. Go on. You can be mad. Just don't. Don't don't do this. It's it's such bush league mm-hmm. shit from the fans. It just like makes us look like Ole Miss or Mississippi State, where some some fans have their heads so far up their own ass they they can't see the fact that oh, there's a lot of returning production. Um, I'll get to that later, but like 
Texas is was four. Like, these are both two four and eight teams. I think that on USC's case, Addison, you know, Caleb Williams is a fine quarterback. I'm not really sure how great he's going to be as far as NFL prospects because you know he had a couple stinky games last year as a freshman, but he brings them from like four wins to, you know, probably nine. They're going to lose to Utah, and Notre Dame, probably one other stupid game in there. Uh, my money's on UCLA, Oregon State. Um, but if he goes to Texas, I can still reasonably talk myself into Texas still going six and six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, without a doubt, man. Like that's the thing is like, you've got a, a freshman quarterback. You've got, um, you know, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian at the helm and we know Steve Sarkeesian's driving record. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, just, it's not pretty. It's not pretty is what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, God, like Texas, Texas's issues were never talent based, right? Like they've never been a, a lack for talent on that team. No, but, they were just know, soft. Yeah, exactly. It's just it, mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, they have their big brother in Oklahoma. And I'm curious to see how that rivalry really develops. Like, there's still a part of me that doesn't believe in Brent Venables just because Clemson as a whole is a uh, is a fraud. I think he's a. I think he was a really good defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. I think well, it depends fine. on who they start at quarterback because if General is it going to be like Booty, Dylan Gabriel or something? Yeah, uh, they got Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel and General Booty, who are the and, two uh, that Davis ugh. Bevel, who's a the third stringer at Pitt, came in. I think. Venables will be fine because even this season when Clemson's offense stunk, their defense was still really yeah. good. So I have reason to believe that that they'll be fine. They um, really had to get Jackson Dart because uh, that is not an inspiring quarterback room. Well, if you think about it though, like look at look at Baylor who just won the Big Twelve, right? Like they, you know, they they did that defensively. They they just did that by bullying people and. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's maybe that's the mold that Oklahoma's going for, and you're you're sort of reinventing sort of this Big Twelve from uh, the your 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 granddad's Big Twelve that's just going to score a thousand points a game. Um, maybe, we'll, maybe we just go back and reinvent it. But Texas uh, certainly hasn't made strides in that area. Um, I think I that know. I think that the Big Twelve has already kind of moved into that defense first league. I mean, I'm looking at Texas guys right now, which, by the way, at Baylor, at Iowa State, yeesh. yeesh. But th- think about just Baylor. You know, obviously, Dave Aranda is a defensive genius. Like, <laughs> But then uh, Kansas State is not one of those air raid teams. They're a ground and pound team with that former North, North, Dakota, head, North Dakota State head coach. And then uh, Mike Gundy made his pivot from shootout offenses to hiring uh, Jim Knowles and now Derek Mason. Like, Mike Gundy, even you know, for for as much as I will not try and praise Mike Gundy, he has understood that a good defense is going to help him compete in the Big Twelve, and we saw that last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't maybe I zoned out, but then you got uh, Kansas with uh, what's his name, Lance Leipold. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely not going to be a pass first team. Um, so yeah, definitely a just an interesting sort of shift that's going on in the big 12. Um, anyone have any other thoughts on uh, Jordan Addison? I, yeah. I guess a question that I'll pose to, uh, to Zach is where does pit football go from here? Um, obviously you rid yourself of, uh, of Mark Whipple, which is always a good thing, right? Put him on uh, bonfire. Yep. 
um, you know, so where, where, where do you expect the program to go? And, um, you know, but wh- what are you expecting next season? All right. Great that you teed me up. I was actually going to finish on this, um, even if you didn't prompt me. So the big thing, there are two big things, I think, that pit football, even with or without Jordan Addison, is heading in the right direction. Uh, the first thing I'll touch on is the recruiting trail. Um, pit football is like the 2022 class was a, very small. It still had some really good players in it, but it was kind of kept to a size limit just because of um, we had so many people coming back. Like Pitt has this entire offensive line coming back. Um, both three running backs with playing time, um, <clears throat> uh, starting tight end, a freshman, all ACC, a couple of wide receivers, and most of the defense, um, pretty much the entire defense outside of uh, the one of the inside linebackers. And then on the recruiting trail, we're getting like high three stars and high four stars at a rate which Pat Narduzzi has never gotten. And to cut that off, Pitt has a five star coming for an official visit. They're, Pitt never gets five stars to come yeah. visit campus. Like they're going to lose those guys to Penn State, Ohio State. You know, name your name your team that's going to come into Pitt's recruiting areas. And one of the things that this so I'll talk about this five star in in specific. Uh, Hakeem Williams, who's a five star player out of I believe the Miami area in Florida. If Pitt can get this guy. We'll forget about Jordan Addison. I mean, obviously we won't because as a Pitt fan, am I going to just stop talking about his Blitnikoff winning season? No. But this guy is something special. And, like, the real difference is Pitt would never get an official visit without what Addison did for us with the ACC championship team. And he's got, like I say, he's got an official visit coming up, and the only other official visit he's got planned is Georgia. So if we're in the mix for recruits like that, the program is going to be in a fine place moving into the future. And then – the last thing I want to talk about is the offensive system under Mark Whipple. Mark Whipple was allergic to running good running plays. His mm. favorite one was to do the, um, the shotgun snap and hand it to a still running back. Who's uh, not moving. We we're we're aware of that <laughs> one. Well, uh, aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know how terrible it is. Yeah. Um, the guy who's coming in Frank Signetti, who was previously at Boston college. He loves running the football. We've got two bruising backs in Israel Banakanda and Rodney Hammond. And I think that pitch shift towards this more balanced offense because, you know, Boston College still produces Zay Flowers, who's an amazing receiver. Um, Mm -hmm. So the more balanced attack. And then Kanata Mumfield, the Akron transfer, you know, it's too early to say if he's going to be, you know, a Bolitnikov winning receiver. But during the spring game, he showed flashes of, being just as good, an amazing route runner, deep threat as well. I, I think that if Pitt fans were to sit back for a little bit, understand what's coming with Frank Signetti, we're going to be fine. We're going to be mm. fine. Yeah, no, that I have one last question before we move on. Um, I there's in all likelihood I'm I'm reading into this too much, but Jordan Addison's farewell letter, he did not seem happy about his. Uh, he he seemed very matter of fact it's like yeah i'm going to usc like what what's up with that is he do you think he's excited to go um um uh, we're talking like towards usc um i don't know i think that's just kind of the guy the guy he is like in interviews Mm. like he's always kind of like a stoic person gotcha like his his goodbye letter like obviously showed like the respect he has for pit and like a lot of pit players have been active on social media saying like yeah we don't have any 
any beef with Jordan. He's still our guy. We're going to wish him the the best wherever he goes. Right. I think that, especially with how the news cycle played out um, surrounding his initial initial uh, decision to transfer, was that he just kind of wanted to keep it short and sweet. And now it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's excited to go to California. I mean, you know, I lived in Pittsburgh for four years. The weather is not the best in Italy. <laughs> I think it's a great city, but. He's getting yeah. three. Mi- okay. No, if, that. <laughs> if the room Sorry. is good, he's getting three million dollars. Just you're gonna have to pay a lot for gas money out there. It's all right. Right. Uh, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I guess we'll move on. You know, another sort of slow off season uh, episode, but uh, we do have a little something to talk about. Uh, what? someone close to the show and you know we're fully turning into you know my buddy told me type podcast here uh you know definitely a 247 boards type podcast this is the uh, official podcast of whatever your friend told you we oh, will report yeah. that as 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 god's honest truth so i've said it before but hit mine or ezra's dms if you have scoops takes any of this we will absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, plug the shit out of whatever you have to say. Um, this this one is this one is uh, well sourced. Uh, I, I do know, and it's not it's nothing uh, nothing groundbreaking. Um, it's just some interesting little talking points to talk about. But someone uh, someone close to the show met uh, Ryan Day uh, yesterday in Columbus, and and so um, we are. Um, and he said some interesting things. I think the most interesting thing he said um, is that this that has been relayed to me is that there are he believes that there are two years left of sort of this weird transition void period of college football where Ohio State and these other teams need these NIL collectives that they've put together to stay competitive. And after that, Day said he believes that um, there will be a sort of a, a new realignment um, where some type of super conference comes into play, um, you know, and the extent of that, who knows? Um, but that I think that was the most interesting thing he said uh, in terms of Ohio State. Um, he, he said that uh, what was encouraging to me is that he really, in talking about the defense, he really um, specifically mentioned um, JT Two of Malowau and Jackson Smith and uh, and uh, excuse me, Jack Sawyer. Um, it, like his his tone apparently really lit up when he was talking about those two guys, and I think getting that defensive or dominant defensive linebacker is absolutely crucial for Ohio State um, in the coming year. Uh, do you guys have anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, of course, like Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimaloao are, you know, those are two of the names that when you say them, the hear that they're being glowed about by the head coach is definitely a promising sign. Because, I mean, in JT's case, like, he was pretty damn good last year. Jack left a little bit to be desired, but... You know, that lifeblood of Ohio State is like in the lifeblood of really the game of football is edge rushing. And, you know, you can get a lot of guys paid a lot of money by being edge rushers. 
I guess the the other thing that you hit on is like the sustainability of this NIL. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I brought it up with people before, is the concept of the sustainability of NIL. Like, it's I, I am all for players getting paid. Like, I think, you know, in some ways, like, we need to go to a situation where they're not just doing deals directly with these small business owners because, or these business owners, because that's just a really difficult situation to enter yourself in as an 18 year old child, 18 year old kid, you know, uh, to be doing business with directly with, uh, with millionaires. Like these are stone cold killers, you know, in in a lot of cases, like it's, it's, it's a difficult place to put an 18 year old kid in and, and having him making a life altering decision based off of, um, you know, based off of the amount of money that, that they can provide is, is a dangerous place to be in, you know, I will say there's been a lot of buzz the past few days, obviously stemming from uh, Nick Saban about, you know, the, uh, the NIL and, and the state of it. Um, but, you know, in, in a rare step, I'm going to agree with Deion Sanders um, and what he said. I think what he said is absolutely true. Uh, Nick Saban's not talking to anybody there except for his boosters. He's telling them to get their shit together. Um, and if they do figure out how to get their shit together, watch out. Um, but until that point, there's, there's an avenue of opportunity. Um, you know, Texas A&M, I, like I said to as before, they had a chance to have like a really cool moment here and just be like, like you said, we paid them, who cares? Like they're there now, but they like really like went to this weird place. Their AD like put out this weird, like empirical quote about you know oh this is somebody who knows their empire is falling it's like dude i don't know go play dungeons and dragons or like that like i don't know you you had a chance to be cool and you you ruined it just like any texas a&m you know person could you know um but yeah i guess those are my thoughts like i i don't think it's a sustainable network moving forward i don't think you know i do think this all could have been avoided if the schools just opened their books and said, Hey, we can afford to play pay players. And maybe you create like a general contract where it's like, if you're a kid, you're going to go, you know, if you play X position at X school and you're starting, you get X amount of dollars. Um, and you sort of create sort of a, a systemic, you know, thing worldwide. And there's, there's sort of some, um, some ground that you can go off of because I don't think it's necessarily super sustainable to be offering a kid out of a high school kid of all ages, you know, uh, like millions and millions of dollars in these contracts. And then, cause, cause the, un, there's so much unknown and the, the scariest outcome to me is a five-star blue chip recruit, maybe not carrying their end of the bargain and maybe struggling a bit in their freshman or sophomore season. And these business owners that have made a living out of, you know, uh, cutting wages and, and, you know, not paying people what they're worth, uh, trying to renegotiate on this kind of stuff. That's, that's a scary outcome for me, but, uh, I'll open the floor for you guys. Um, speaking about, I mean, just to touch on your last point, I want to start with that. I mean, a name to look out for with that is, um, Nico, uh, I am a Leva. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's the Tennessee quarterback who got $8 million. I mean, reportedly it's kind of all but confirmed. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. I, I, I kind of take Ryan day's comments in a different way in that 
he's saying that there's going to be an NIL craze for a couple of years, like these next two years. And I think it'll, it'll end up flattening itself out. I mean, there are going to be players who get millions of dollars who are busts and, you know, business will be more guarded with their money. They'll, they'll try and hand it out to more established players who've been with the program. And, you know, it'll, it's, he's almost saying to try and ride this initial spike of NIL deals that created situations like Nico at Tennessee, or even, you know, it, it the, the wild west nature of it with the lax NCAA regulations um, creates a Jordan Addison situation. Um, yeah, you know, like 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 Jack, um, like Dion said. Uh, I'm surprised Ryan Day didn't really say that in like a more booster oriented meeting. Yeah, like that it was a something. it was a pretty uh, relaxed setting from my understanding. I, I think yeah, and I, I definitely think that that is part of it. Um, I do believe that there will be a more organized element to all of this in two years time uh three years time like he said i i think it'll eventually have to be more uh i don't know uh regulated um but yeah i i definitely think that right now is sort of the initial gold rush like you said where yeah the name to watch there is if travis hunter and um you know, and the wide receiver that ended up at Jackson State, if they pan out and they end up to be first round, first, you know, top tier quality players, then I think it is truly, we could enter the Wild West. But I think if things sputter out for them, and I think if they end up, you know, I mean, especially a guy like Travis Hunter, who's the number one overall recruit in this in the sport of, of college football, if he ends up, you know, uh, he, the, the thing with him is going to be likely the, the lack of tape. Like they're not going to play any schools that are going to have many day, day one caliber picks, even if they play one a year, like how much film is there going to be out there for these NFL scouts to be like, Oh, this for sure is our first overall pick. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's the name. Those are the names, but it, it is a sport that will always favor the blue bloods and it will always favor the, the, um, you know, there's maybe a couple schools that can make a difference here and make a jump. Uh, Texas A&M maybe being one of them, although I'm I'm skeptical to believe that just because Jimbo uh, is Jimbo's not really a a, a long term kind of head coach. You know, you see what happened at the end of his tenure at Florida State. Like, I, I think that something similar could happen at Texas A&M, and they they'll be uh, they'll be back on the on the coaching market. But yeah, I mean, I think what you said is is so crucial it's like everybody in the world is trying to figure out these next two years and i don't know if there's anything sustainable or long term to be learned from them uh but i I do expect more regulation just because it is the ncaa at the end of the day and they're they're uh they've made a lifeblood of of overworking and underpaying people forever uh with the exception of head coaches of course um but yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, anytime we can get any sort of quasi direct contact with a head coach, it's always interesting, but yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting that I heard about him say, um, I, I definitely think that his comment about the super league, um, or, you know, like quote unquote super league is kind of telling cause didn't Gene Smith kind of have a similar quote about? Gene, yeah, Gene recently talked about um, sort of. I I think the college football playoff governing itself or something like essentially yeah. the, the Power Five. 
Um, I, I believe Day's exact words were something along the lines of a few of these leagues coming together. So maybe you see like a South, like with the SEC and ACC, and then maybe like a Midwest and West with like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the Big 10, something like that, um, which would kind of, uh, who knows what it would look like. Um, but- so the, the ACC is an interesting one that you bring up there because there's like, I mean, I, I, if in this given scenario, I think an ACC split would make a lot of sense. So then you'd end up with two groups. You'd end up with sort of the South and you'd get, um, you know, your Clemson's, your Florida State's. You mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, the, maybe the Carolinas, you loop them in with the South, but then you get the Pitts, the BCs, the Syracuses, and loop them sort of in with that Northern group. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, because Pitt, Pitt and Ohio State should definitely play each other more in football. I think that makes sense. You know, I think there's like a natural regional rivalry there. Like, you know, uh, Zach, uh, are, you, uh, are you by chance a Steelers fan? No. Okay, well, then, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a natural overlap there, though. Like, you know, you got Steelers and Browns fans. You know, you get some sort mm-hmm. of rivalry and stuff like that there. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. The Super League concept is so crazy to me because we saw it happen and then not happen in the sport of soccer. Um, but, I, I, you know, football, college football especially, is a little bit different in that regard. Like, we, you know. I don't know. I, I don't love the idea of a power five becoming its own thing because then it, it really does take away from the, the, the G five and like the ability. I mean, not that they really get a fair chance now, but you know, every so often they get into the games, but like, I don't know. It, it, it's a difficult concept for me, this super league, like who would you guys like, who would you put in? Like, you know, there's probably some schools that are right on the edge where I don't know if I, I would include, you know, um, really any of the Carolina schools, like maybe Wake Forest maybe qualifies for that. But uh, I don't know. Like it, it's a super strange concept to me. I mean, I think if they were going to implement it, they'd have to do some sort of relegation system. So say like you take your middle line schools, like say this happens a couple of years ago and then Iowa State gets in, right? There'd have to be some sort of system where if they stink it up, they'd have to be sent back down to like the level two almost like – I think that you're probably going to take the most moneyed schools and then the schools that have earned it on the football field. So honestly, a school like UNC would get in just, they have like the, cause they've got more money than Jesus. Yeah. They got more money than Jesus. Yeah. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting concept. I don't think that there's going to be any real talk of it until when the playoff deal is up, but I want to, God, I cannot, Everyone says something is like the death knell for the sport and yada yada. If the college football playoff owned by Disney gets to be the ruling body of the of NCAA football, that would be something like actually devastating for the sport. Yeah, it's not like a NCAA sanctioned event, right? Technically, like I don't believe so. They select their champions via it, but no, it's 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 an ESPN event. That's yeah. so crazy to me that that, that yeah that'd like be so, that'd be bizarre. Not that the NCAA should have control of the sport anymore, but uh, yeah, that's that'd be bizarre. Sense, I I don't know. Like, there's two avenues to go. You either go to this Super League conference, or you go back to the fact that like we go back to years and years ago, where you play a team, you play you play your conference, you play your your regional games, 
You then go play a, a bowl game against maybe a conference that you don't play all the time. And then boom, we, we determine an Astro champion, but like the four team playoff in itself is just such a farce, you know, like, and, and I, I don't know, it's, it's difficult for me to see an eight game playoff necessarily yielding or an 18 playoff yielding different results. I mean, maybe it gets more people involved, but I don't know. It's like, it's almost like a trope at this point. Like, Oh wow, we let Cincinnati play this year, and you know they they lost, so that that should prove that they they can't compete at that level. I don't know. It's it's college football is in a weird place, you know, and the next few years are going to be really really deter- really powerful in determining it. Um, you know, I, personally, I would prefer Ohio State gets better prepared um, for for how to uh, to to get back and and uh, you know earn their way back into the playoff than worrying about renegotiating playoff contracts, you know, um, especially with the team that they had last year, that team having two losses is we'll call it unacceptable. And, and it's yeah. easy to have that as the standard, but the fact that you lost to an Oregon team who was not very good. Um, and then you lose to your, your biggest rival in Michigan who you hadn't lost to, to in a decade. You know, I, I would much prefer the focus beyond let's, let's get the revenge tour up and running then, you know, they did mention that he, he, it's more Gene Smith, I think. Yeah. That's that, like been so vocal in it. And, and, you know, even there, you know, from, from what I can tell, day basically said it was national championship or bust which i was glad to hear hear that i mean because if you think about it two years ago i mean two years ago was probably the most sickening example of it right um Mm -hmm. and and granted they bailed their ass out by beating clemson in the playoff but you've got an entire governing body that establishes a set of rules and ohio state we'll call it they were meddling through the through the year right they didn't have the opportunity to get guys reps that they wanted to um, their defense was piss poor, um, with the exception of a few games. Um, you know, like it, it was just not a great year and they still were able to qualify for the playoff basically by lobbying power. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff. Thank that God I, Indiana didn't go to the big 10 championship game. They stink. They were um, bad and we should not be rewarding Tom Allen for anything. Uh, no, Tom Allen, and, you his, gotta, yeah, you gotta win on the field. Like I don't. Like that was like Indiana fans lobbying to go to the the Big Ten championship game was like uh, Donovan Mitchell saying he should have won Rookie of the Year off a of yeah, technicality. Yeah, the rookie, which I like, guess, you know, we'll, we'll we can relitigate that at any point. Wearing a ghost goes to Tom Allen walks into his pref, press conference wearing a wearing a hoodie with like the de- like the Big Ten rule book printed out on it. Like, well, didn't, just, they, didn't they do that shit the Outback Bowl or something like that where they they removed the Big they Ten took logo. the Big Ten logo off their helmet? Uh, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I mean, I I was fine with them going to the Big Ten championship game because they were undefeated. But like the playoff, like I could understand an argument for like why they shouldn't have gone to the playoff. Granted, you know, it it should not be forgot that uh, Jim Harbaugh was coughing in his players' mouths, hoping that they got COVID. <laughs> that, that it's also. Zach, I'm sorry you're here for just Ohio State bitching uh, season now, uh, but it's so fucking dumb that they got two home games in a row. Like, in what world does that make any sense? Like, why? Um, I'll I'll one-up you. Pitt has played at Georgia Tech three years in a row. Are you serious? Yeah. 
So that's some um, NFL level shit. Like where uh, I believe yeah. it was like New England Patriots played at Denver like five times in a row or something <laughs> like that. And my dad, you know, I grew up in the Northeast, so my dad always bitched about that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what it meant until Ohio State had to play two straight games. And like, like you said, like Pitt's got to go on the road to play people like a bunch of times in a row. That's bullshit. You know, like it was really funny. It was um. The COVID year was supposed to be Pitt's home game against Georgia Tech, but since they dropped the divisions, they played at Bobby Dodd three years in a row, three and zero. By the way, hell um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know about the twenty twenty playoff. Like, realistically, is Texas? It was twenty twenty Texas A and M a better team than Ohio State? No, exactly. No. So who else are you going to put in? Over right? Ohio yeah. State? No, well, there was the, that. You get to the difficult part of it where it's like how much of this shit is just predetermined, right? Like, it's like, was Texas A&M going to blow out Clemson? I don't think so. I think they would have scored 13 points. Like, Kellen you know, um, is Kellen yeah. Mond walking through that door and beating <laughs> the doors off of Trevin, Trevor Lawrence? No chance. So then, yeah, I guess back to like, it's an entertainment product at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously I, I think that there's no aspersions among any real college football fans. They're going to expand it. To what mm-hmm. degree, I, you know? Well, it seems like the SEC for now has put a halt to that. Um, but we'll see. I guess we'll see if that changes. Well, it's the only conference that can get two teams in. Why would they want to give that away? You know? Like- right. Right. No, that's the whole point. They don't want... I think it's they want, like more at large teams was the hang up. Like they want, like Greg Sankey wants like a five SEC team playoff out of eight, which would... I'd... I'd be distraught. Um, if you so just go to, to eight last year, how, how many, you know, Pitt, Pitt probably makes it. Pitt, Pitt makes it. Well, it depends if you're doing uh, automatic qualifiers or not. Oh, true. With, without automatics, Pitt's on the outside because they, they were as high as I think 13 or 12 before the playoff. I feel like um, you have to do auto qualifiers though. I, I think absolutely. Cause, cause then like, uh, like as said, it's going to be five SEC teams that are always overranked. Um, yeah, think- it's like, do we need Florida in the playoff? Probably no, not. No, How much of rankings too is just bullshit to sell games, right? How much of that is like, oh, hey, we've got a, a potential matchup next week. It could be a night game. All of a sudden, well, okay, you know, number seven and number eight are magically playing, even though they were never close to each other. One of them is on a hot streak. You know, like, it's just, I don't know, it is an entertainment thing at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think auto qualifiers, like, because if you get an auto qualifiers, right, the ACC, and I've said this before, the ACC is one of the toughest conferences in all of football right now. And because I think the depth and, like, the, the ability – for any team to beat anybody is there in the ACC. Like the ACC would benefit almost from itself becoming like its own NFL, where if they were on their own and you declare like an ACC champion, that would be entertaining to watch. Cause like, you know, Pitt's good. You've got, uh, you know, that the coast, like Clemson not being Clemson of the last four years is so huge for that league because like you're not going to get a team that's just going to boat race and walk their way to a to a conference title anymore. No, I agree. I the thing with the ACC right now is that I think a lot of people overlooked it just because Clemson wasn't good, but they kind of forgot that 
they finished with four top 25 teams in Pitt. Clemson was one of them, uh, NC State and Wake. It's um, I think the one thing that really, really altered perception league is how unbalanced the divisions are with how bad i think nc state's a really good football team oh Devin Leary's yeah. the best quarterback in the in the acc next year but i think the, the one thing that's really been holding them back is like the lops out of championship games because mm-hmm. miami's has been dog shit right um, miami will continue to be dog shit by the way yeah mario Cristobal's a uh, mickey mouse he's not good yeah mickey he's mouse organization no yeah ohio state losing to him is one of the most embarrassing things ever to happen to me as and a also fan with of crypto oh, going in the shitter oh i can't wait can't wait can't wait can't wait um, see that that team come out in dick sporting goods unbranded <laughs> jerseys because they couldn't afford the nike the adidas bill uh, uh unc i guess is also a big dud yeah, you know, the Mac Brown is super hyped and he hasn't delivered. Yeah, what happened? What's going on with like Tony Grimes and uh, you know whoever else? It's Sam seems... Howell was supposed to be QB like QB one esque. Yeah, he now he's fell off the now, now Sam he's Howell, like his O line was poo poo, and then um they I mean he lost like a ton of skill talent, especially at running back. But... They got dog. They got boat race by florida state last year a bad florida state team yeah i remember that game yep yeah i don't know expand the playoffs to 12 that's, who that's cares yeah you give who, four who teams if- kind of like that that where you give a couple teams a bye right because you know maybe you're auto qualified or you're you're top four get a bye and then you've got eight you know eight teams left and um yeah, you yeah. just have to play one extra game if you're the top four. But you should, if you're the best team in the country, you should be able to beat everybody in the country. You know, like uh, yeah. I also like twelve because usually the, the kind of soft cap on a G five team is somewhere between six and twelve. Mm-hmm. So inherently, if if you know if they vote right and they and they actually get good voters on the on the committee, you're gonna get a group of five team in there. You know, even without an AQ, yeah, yeah. Well, so that this is this was the interesting thing for me is, and you know, I still have beef with Coastal Carolina because of the way that that year ended. You know, like I I I do wonder because the Cincinnati being like the Coastal un- losing to uh, Louisiana cost me a lot of money last year. Oof. Yeah, and, and like like you know, the AAC is a high G five too. Like they are, uh, you know. They're, Not anymore. It's the Sun Belt now. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, but Cincinnati, um, you know, Cincinnati getting in, you know, that 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 they've got regional ties and stuff like that. Luke Fickle's a name everybody recognizes. But like if Coastal Carolina was undefeated, like, do they, you know, do they have a chance? You know, do they have a chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's I don't know. Yeah. Uh maybe i'd say maybe the 2020 team i don't know about this one. Oh yeah the 2020 team was a lot better i think also i guess they got they got hurt by louisiana dropping another conference title game but i don't see them swapping out notre dame for coastal and cincinnati was already ranked higher in 2020 yeah, yeah. man notre dame I we I think we talk about it every episode here, but I cannot wait till that first game of next year. I'm very excited to beat 
Notre Dame very badly. They've got so many tweets saved in the drafts for that game. If it goes the way it should, yeah, like that they they earned this one, you know. Uh, yeah, if we're able to do what we're supposed to do, if CJ Stroud is him again, you know, um, I'm excited. You know, um, do we have do we have anything else? Um, not a lot. Uh, I'm good. If, if I got nothing else, cool. Well, yeah. thanks again, Zach, for joining us. We're going to have to have you on as like the season kind of or the off season drags on because I don't think you and we're happy to join your podcast as well. Cause oh, absolutely. We're running out of shit to say at this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, but we love to rant and rave and that's just, this is what the purpose of this podcast is. So once again, we thank our, uh, our co-host Zach this week uh, of the Simplify pod. We're going to plug his pod. So if you don't follow it, uh, you should get on that. Um, this is a verbal, you know, we, this is your warning. Uh, if I find out that you listen to our pod, but not Zach's, um, <laughs> we'll have to, it's going to be trouble. There's going to be a, a reprimand structure. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you, Zach. And uh, as always, good to chat with you. And oh, yeah. Go Bucks. Yep. Go Bucks. Go Panthers. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. See ya.